for the car doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. everyone and welcome to the car doctor program on am 950 wrol the spirit of boston am 1260 wbix the business buzz here in boston uh well speaking of buzz there's a lot of buzz going on down in connecticut this week at the auction and with us on the phone is wayne carini host of chasing classic cars wayne good morning and welcome back up here to boston Good morning, John. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, good news on the show. Uh, tell me, uh, Chasing Classic Cars renewed for two more seasons? Yeah, pretty exciting stuff. Uh, so we just finished up uh, season eight, which uh, the last episode is coming up here in August. And it'll uh, we're close. Actually, I think the last or the next to last one is our 150th episode, which is pretty outstanding to think that uh, we didn't think the show would last maybe two years and now uh, we're in our eighth season so and ready to shoot our ninth season and um i I don't want to i don't want to pick on other shows but when you watch your show kind of what you see is what you get right there's uh you know some of these other shows it's miraculous all of a sudden there's a a one in a hundred car just sitting by the side of the road and the host happen to roll up on it and a big surprise Yeah. (laughs) yeah well I mean, a lot of that stuff is set up. There's no doubt. Uh, our show is is reality, and it's true reality. And that uh, um, there's no script. There's nothing made up. It, it's all in what I come up with and what I do, my daily routine. And uh, the camera follows me, and it works out really well. Well, tell tell the listeners about you a little bit. How'd you get into this? Well, my my dad restored cars for a living when I was growing up, and uh, I swore never to do that. He made me work with him seven days a week, and I sort of decided that my career path would go in the direction of maybe having summers off, so I wanted to become a school teacher, and I got into art education and went back to work for my dad for a summer uh, right out of college, and... uh, Next thing you know, I'm, I'm in it full time. Uh, I couldn't find a teaching job that I liked, and so I stayed on with my dad. And next thing you know, 30 years went by really fast. I've enjoyed uh, every minute of it. It, it, was, it. it was the best thing that probably could ever happen to me. And, and sometimes that's how it goes in life. You know, you plan a career, and then other things happen, and uh, it's always for the better, most, most likely. So, um, And then one day... Um, uh, there was a New York Times article written about uh, my pursuit of a Hudson Italia, and um, Jim Ostrowski, the the, uh, the uh, production manager at uh, Crashing Wave Production, and the owner of the company called me, and it, the, the article had appeared in the New York Times. He called me and said, I'd like to do a TV show about you, and um, he came to my shop. We talked for half an hour. He got the camera out of the car, and the rest is pretty much history wow well you know just in case there's still there still is always a need for teachers so 
you know. Yeah, well, she, I mean, you know, uh, it didn't actually have worked out really well. My daughter's carried that on. She's now a biology teacher. So uh, we, we didn't get the teaching aspect totally out of the fam- family. There you go. Uh, and and the show just continues to develop. And there's still, it just, the show goes, goes on to show that there are still a lot of great cars just tucked away in barns and garages and basements and all kinds of places. I'm, I'm so lucky because now, um, instead of searching for them diligently, they all come to me, and uh, I get so many leads every day. Uh, um, even next week, I'm working on seven new leads that, that popped up just the day before yesterday. So there's stuff still tucked away um, in garages and in even basements. I'm going to look at a car in a basement uh, this coming week that's been in the basement for 35 years. So. Stuff still is, is hidden away, and I'm hope uh, I'm going to be the guy that, that ends up finding it all. Yeah, I, in fact, I was talking to somebody just the other day who who had a 1970 Formula 400 uh, Firebird when he was a kid. He sold it in 1985, and apparently he just found it again in a cellar somewhere, sort of you know behind a bunch of lawnmowers and tarps and everything else. And he and he just bought it back, and he's dragging it back home, and he's going to start to restore it. So there are these things tucked away that are pretty interesting cars, and not truly exotic, but still real interesting. Well, interesting to the person that that is buying it or, or pursues that car or lusts after that car, you know. Every car doesn't have to be a Ferrari or a, or a Porsche or a, an exotic car or anything. It has, to, it has to have a meaning to the person that's, that's lusting after it. And maybe it's the first car they had. Maybe it's their dad's car. Whatever it may be that drives that. Um, and that's what makes, you know, chasing classic cars or chasing cars interesting. Yeah. And when you find a car for someone and it ends up being your job to restore it and then sell it for the person... Um, that can be a pretty emotional time for everybody, right? It can be, yeah. And, and, and actually, it's in the purchase. You know, it, it's like we always say when we're buying to sell cars. It's always you make money when you buy the car. You know, you have to buy it correctly and know what you're up against. And the same thing when you're restoring a car for a person. You have to make sure that they understand that, you know, it's going to cost a lot of money to restore it. And maybe sometimes it's not worth that in the end. You know, mm. maybe you're in over your head. But sometimes emotions drive that, and and they don't care how much it costs as long as they have that car in their family. Yeah, yeah, because that that's important, and it almost be it must be hard for people sometimes to let go too. Oh boy, I'll tell you what. Uh, there's been a lot of cases like that where you know we follow, we chase a car. Uh, one in particular, an Aller J2X that I went to buy in Texas, and I got there, and uh, and then the guy said, "Well, I've changed my mind. The car's not for sale." And, you know, but I, I kept after it, and after about five months, uh, he called me up and he said, okay, today's the day. If you want it and want to buy the car, let's do the deal today before I change my mind back again. So wow. it's pretty emotional for families sometimes, you know, there were father's cars or aunts or uncles or whatever it is, and it's an emotional deal, that's for sure. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and when it comes to buying a car, uh, and you, you kind of touched on it, and everybody I talk to says the same thing, you know, you know, Dave Burnell told me a hundred years ago. You know, buy cars you like, buy cars you want to enjoy. Don't buy them with the idea of making money because um, you know you make money. You make money on cars like you make money in the stock market. Not all the time. Exactly. We, you know, and I tell my clients that constantly. Make sure you love that car because if if the world goes to zero tomorrow and everything is upside down, you still have that car and you want to make sure that's the car you're enjoying. People always ask me, when do you know it's the right time to sell a car, too? 
And and I always say, if you drive the car and you park it in your driveway and you go walk in your house, if you don't stop 10 feet or 15 feet away from that car and look back at the car and smile and say, wow, that's a great car, maybe it's time to sell it. So, you know, if you don't have that emotional attachment to it anymore, sometimes it's the right time to sell. Yeah, I, I had Craig Jackson on last week and we kind of talked about the same thing, although he was talking about things like, you know, four GTs and Ferraris that he enjoys, whether he makes money on them or not. A little out of, little out of what I think about, but still. Yeah, well, um, you know, and a lot of people buy for the financial gain, and sometimes it's, it's tough reading that market, too, you know? So you buy a car and you say, oh, I'm going to wait it out another six months or a year, and then everything goes upside down or, or you know, the market softens slightly. And you you lose twenty five percent because you didn't sell it exactly the peak. It's like the stock market or yep. anything. But yep. make sure you enjoy the car because if you change your mind and you say, you know what, I'm going to hold off another year or two. It's always nice to have something that you you enjoy looking at and driving. No, it really makes sense. And I know you have a busy day today. I think you have some uh, cars at the auction, right? We do. So I was at the I was at Bear Jackson yesterday. Unbelievable packed crowd. They sold all the tickets out. Um, the Mohegan Sun uh, Casino is just uh, so thrilled with the attendance, and so is uh, Craig Jackson. I was with Craig yesterday afternoon for about a half an hour, and and he is just so thrilled with the uh, with the people that are coming and the enthusiasm that the Northeast has showed towards Bear Jackson and and the great auction there. So it's a lot of fun. I'm selling a Hemi Cuda, a uh, Camaro Restomod, and a Porsche 911 Target uh, this afternoon at about three o'clock. Um, and we're filming it for our TV show. So uh, exciting times at Mohegan Sun and the Bear Jackson auction, that's for sure. Yeah, it, it really it really is. I know every. it seems like everyone I talk to either either is going to the auction, has been to the auction, or they know somebody else who went to the auction. So it, it's, well, yeah, it's phenomenal. What's really great, you know, is other auctions happen here in the Northeast, but so many people know that brand. And right. Craig has done such a fabulous job in creating such a great brand in Barrett Jackson Auctions that everybody wants to go and be part of it. They want to see it live, and that draws a lot of people. But he's got over 1,500 registered bidders, and that's a huge amount of bidders. They actually had to have bidders. The whole floor is covered with bidders, and then they had to take certain sections of the upper parts of the stadium and made it made it specially for bidders uh, and have bidders assistance up there. So it's pretty exciting. Cars were selling. Some were doing really well yesterday. There were some bargains there too. So uh, ninety two or three percent or no reserve. So people can buy a car um, and, and instantaneous gratification, and that's what comes with an auction. You can. Buy a car and take it home tomorrow, and be driving the car next uh, Monday or Tuesday and enjoying it. Well, that that explains. A friend of mine sent me a picture, and you could tell it was an overhead shot from something. And I'm like, I wonder where he is. Is he in a balcony somewhere? But that he must be in the the seats they opened up. And I I texted him back and I said, What are you buying? He said, So far, a hot dog. So yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty exciting there. Um, I was surprised. I I'd gone to the gala party on Wednesday night, and then I I was just unable to make it on Thursday. But yesterday I. Showed up in the afternoon the place was packed i mean elbow to elbow you just couldn't move in the place so very exciting um kind of a, a, a cool thing that i get to to meet all the viewers of our tv show there and and talk to them and get pictures taken with them it's exciting for for the viewers and for myself and no. and uh with our show 
it, what's really crazy, John, is is that this has taken off so big, and the, and the car industry itself has, has been so good uh, in the last few years. But we are now in 38 countries. Our show is, is broadcast, and in over 400 million homes have the ability to watch it. It's, it's pretty crazy. We're seeing in Russia, in Vietnam, we have emails coming from South America, Australia. Um, it's, it's a pretty crazy thing to, to think that some guy from Connecticut is in, in living rooms and, and uh, kitchens all around the world. Yeah, and, and it is, and where it's television, it's such a, it's such almost a three-dimensional medium where they see you and know what you're like and although I, I'm kind of interested how you how you get translated in different languages but yeah it's funny I, I met a guy yesterday and he's from Germany and his father is my voice in Germany really so his father is the guy that dubs uh, in Germany so we had a good conversation matter of fact uh, 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 we texted back and forth some pictures with his dad, and it was pretty, pretty that, cool. That's so. good. And, yeah, and, and one last, one other good story about the auction, too, is I was talking to one of my coworkers. He's got a couple of old Chryslers, uh, you, know, not, you know, not phenomenal cars, but nice cars. He was taking his uh, eight-year-old son to the auction on Thursday because he wanted to just introduce him to the car culture. You know, so many families there, and it's a great time of the year to have this, you know, because the kids are out of school. There was so many guys and, and ladies there, whole families, complete families, mothers and children, and, mm. and it's an experience. It's, it's a happening, and that's what's that's what Craig has developed with his brand is, is that everyone is welcome there. You don't have to be a bitter. You don't have to be a car enthusiast. It's it's just something that's exciting, and you get to see so many great cars and, and be part of this situation and and go to the Mohegan Sun, which is a great great destination, anyways. Yeah, so, no, very great stuff. Great stuff, and uh, chasing classic cars on velocity, it seems like it's on all the time. When's it, yeah, when's it well, actually we, on? <laughs> yeah, we're on about 20 times a week in different time slots, but our new episodes always air at 10 uh, um, on Tuesday evenings. And so uh, we'll be going through, like, say, the beginning of August, um, and then our new episodes after that will start up next March. We'll have a long hiatus this year. Normally we come back on in January, but we'll... We'll be back on in March again, and uh, we'll take everyone through another 26 episodes next year of Chasing Classic Cars. Yeah, and uh, uh, top-rated show on Velocity? We're number one uh, in two, uh, three. So in there, uh, um, Dave Kindig's show does very well, yep. and Wheeler Dealers and us. So it all depends on on what evening and what story, but we're we're in the top three all the time. So, yeah, uh, well, you're up. Pretty, pretty cool thing to do that. Yeah, you're up on the podium. So, speaking yeah, of which, are yeah, are sure. yeah are any of those guys there? Any of the other Velocity guys there? Um, Richard Rawlings is there, um, but that's about it. Yeah, uh, and then and then um, all the guys you know that are that are broadcasting. The uh, Chris Jacobs uh, hung out with Chris yesterday afternoon. Chris is great. Oh yeah, Steve Lee is there. Uh, Christy and I took some uh, some goofy pictures together yesterday with some fans having a good time. So it's it's always good to to see our fellow Velocity uh, broadcasters. And I'm going to be on this afternoon. Matter of fact, uh, uh, explaining the cars uh, before they go on the block. I'll probably be with Chris Jacobs uh, talking about the cars. So. Um, and then we're broadcasting, and we're filming for our show there, too, today. Great stuff. Wayne, thank you for taking time out of your Saturday. I know you're a busy guy, and, uh, you know, we'll have, to, we'll have to do it again someday. Thanks, John. All right, take care. Bye-bye. You, too. Bye-bye. That was Wayne Carini, host of Chasing Classic Cars, down at the uh, Craig Jackson, uh, Barrett Jackson Auction. Uh, 
uh, every time I turn around, I talk to somebody who's either going, looking for tickets, found out it was sold out, just a, a busy, busy place. And, and Wayne, what you see on TV with Wayne, if you watch Chasing Classic Cars on the Velocity Channel, what you see on TV is what you see in real life. He is just like that, just, just a good nice guy, a real guy. He's just, uh, his personality is what you see again, what you see on television is exactly, is exactly what you see. And, and it's, it's just great to know he's, you know, he's, he's not phony like some TV people are. So why don't we take a break? I think that's a good idea. Why don't we take a break? My name is John Paul. You're listening to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL and AM 1260 WBIX. We'll be right back. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800 273 if you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-273-0135 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-273-0135 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-273-0135. Do you dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800 That's 800-280-3517. For more than 50 years, the Conservative Book Club has guided book lovers to the best conservative books and authors of our times. The mainstream media tends to celebrate only books from the left. The Conservative Book Club provides a much-needed resource for readers interested in conservative politics and conservative values. Membership is free. There's no cost to join, no minimum book purchase necessary. See more about the Conservative Book Club at conservativebookclub.com or on our website, wrolradio.com. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor.
And welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Uh, you know, it's one thing that, you know, Mohegan Sun and the Barrett-Jackson auction is all going on. But in just a couple of weeks, there is going to be almost as many cars right here in Dedham over at the Endicott Estate. And with us is our buddy, John, from Bay State. Good morning, John. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good. And, and you? Not bad. Just as a small aside, I'm kind of way down the line from Wayne Carino. Oh, I, I, I think you're right there with Craig Jackson. <laughs> I don't think so. But he's right about a couple of things. One is there are cars everywhere, and you got to keep your eyes open. you got to keep talking. I've In 50 years, I've never gone out of the state to find a car I wanted. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if, if somebody... But on the other hand, if somebody was paying you to go out of the state... To find a car you wanted, you'd probably be interested to do that. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> but, but Wayne, you know, I, I, I've met Wayne three or four times at different things, and he always comes over and, and knows me by name, which is always surprising. And then he's always exactly kind of what I want him to be like, not what I picture him to be like. But he's, and in fact, when I was looking for a car for my nephew's wedding, I said, hey, do you know anybody up this way? Uh, and he said to me, well, I got just what you're looking for. If you can, you know, if you can get a trailer and come down and get it, you can have it, you can have it and bring it back to me in a week or so when you're done with it. And I'm like, we just met each other three minutes ago and you're offering me up, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of, you know, kind of expensive car that you're going to trust. I'm not going to ruin it. That's that's pretty nice. He's sort of like Jay Leno. What you see is what you get. Yeah, I think I think so. I think he really is. Although you know, I haven't had Jay Leno on the program. Maybe that maybe that ought to be the next thing. Maybe next time he's uh, he's uh, here in uh, here in Boston or at least on East Coast time. Maybe he'll maybe he'll carve out a little time for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't. Well, you never. You never. You, I think he still owns property up here. Uh, he's originally from Andover. Yeah. I've yeah. lost track of exactly yeah. what and where. Well, I know, I and this is probably a story I shouldn't share, but he has one of those. Uh, I guess it's probably worth three million dollars now. One of the one of the McLarens, where you sort of sit in the middle with the passengers sort of <laughs> sitting behind you, and he he actually bought it from here somewhere, and he wanted he called the registry of motor vehicles and wanted to know if there was any way he could avoid paying uh, the sales tax on the car. <laughs> Asking a Massachusetts <laughs> official that yeah, question. Yeah, and, and I guess what was really funny was the way he talked to the guy on the phone. He was like, uh, hi, it's uh, Jay Leno, you know, Jay Leno from The Tonight Show. And uh, and, and and they said and they said to him really and he said yeah it's uh, it's really Jay Leno and he said uh, yeah you know I just bought this car and I plan on shipping it but is there a way I can avoid paying you know I, I guess you know it was whatever a million dollars or something he didn't want to pay at the time five percent of a million dollars <laughs> and uh, and they said to him uh, no <laughs> no there's no way you can avoid paying the sales tax but. Yeah, but I, I thought I thought that was kind of funny, and I, and I guess that million dollar car now is worth a couple million dollars. Well, so. never hurts to try. It, it, well, you know, it's like it, it's like when you go to buy something, especially if you're going to buy a car from somebody. Do you you know when they say you know what do you want for it? Do you do you say oh, yeah sure okay, or do you do you throw another price out? It depends on how hard you want it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hey, so what's going on with the uh, Bay State Antique Car Show? Well, up? we're slowly gluing it all together, and it's uh, July 10th uh, at 656 East Street in Dedham. Mm -hmm. 
and we have 29 classes uh, for any kind of car that's 25 years old or older. Mm-hmm. And we have them all from Model Ts right up to uh, 1990. And you have, you have in the past, quite a few kind of uh, brass era cars, right? Uh, we get a few. They don't cause they come out at our uh, our show in the fall more yep. often. Uh, they they like their own company. Do they? Is that is that the way it works? Yeah, they're kind yeah. of scared with uh, yeah. GTOs and stuff. Yeah, and that and that's uh, and you know I always tell people when if they're thinking about getting into the old car hobby, if they're thinking about buying an old car, there is nothing better than going to a car show and learning from other people's mistakes. Well, we also have a flea market. We get a couple hundred cars there. Yeah. It's a car show all by itself. And uh, we have a car corral and yep. food court. Yep. And Bruce Palmer's there entertaining. It's, yep. uh, it's a nice day. But if, you're, but if you're thinking, say you wanted to go, you mentioned GTO. Say you wanted to buy a 66 GTO. Chances are there's going to be at least one, if not a couple of them there. Nothing better than going over to the guy who or lady who just restored one and say... Hey, what should I be looking for? And <laughs> and uh, and car people tend to talk to each other and tell them. That's true. And uh, as you and as an old friend said, looking is for free. Yeah, that's 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 true. So you you look, you kind of see what you like, you kind of learn a little bit about what you want. And like what Wayne Carini said, and everybody I talked to said, buy something you want to enjoy. Not don't just buy it as an investment because, like he said, if you don't walk by that car. You know, even if you don't drive it every day, but if you walk by it and you don't give it a second look, it probably wasn't the right car for you. Well, I've learned that if you buy something you don't really like uh, just for resale in a while, you'll hate it. Yeah. Yeah, because especially if you're a little fanatical and you want to, and you want it right, and if you don't like it and you just spent $25,000 to make it a nice car and you still don't like it, it seems like you just threw money away. Well, that's true. Yep. It all depends on the situation. Yep. So let's go over the logistics here. What time does the show, if I'm bringing a car, what time do I need to be there? Well, uh, 7 a.m. is never, it's not too early. Okay. We start letting them in at 7 a.m. Yep. And uh, we have uh, the judging awards at exactly 3 o'clock. Okay. And there's 29 classes with three awards in each class, plus a treasure's trophy and a couple others. So you got a decent car. you got an, as, as even a chance as anybody else to win, any, win something. And if I if I don't care about being judged, am I obligated to stay for the day? Uh, no, not at all. But so, for judging you, you're better yeah. off to stay for yeah. the day to get you. No, no, you can leave any time you want. Yeah. We're not we're not trapping you in there. Well, it's funny. I was down in Hyannis last week, and I went to the Father's Day car show. And the thing about that was, you're you're there from seven in the morning until they end that show, and you can't get out. So you're stuck there, and there's an awful lot of baby carriages and bicycles. Yeah, That's the car shows enemies. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, people were people were pretty good, but there was there was uh, I saw a lot of people, and I didn't see as many cars. Although there was a ton of cars, there was so many people. It was hard. It was hard to get around to look at the cars, and maybe it thinned out. But just the whole idea of you commit for the day is kind of tough. And I like the idea of your show that if you want to go in and spend the morning, and you decide noontime you have some things to do. You can you can head on out without being locked in there, so that's nice. And then, as far as um, I, you know, I you, you want to go to the show. You look at the Endicott Estate. There's not a lot of parking there, but you got the parking covered right down the street. Right? Yes, we have parking right down the street with shuttle buses every ten minutes. It's uh, we've got it pretty well figured out. And uh, if you don't want to take the shuttle bus, it's what half a mile walk? Uh, maybe. Yeah. 
Yeah, so even even an old guy like me could probably manage to walk back and forth. So if people want to pre-register, they still have time uh, to the end of June. It's fifteen dollars at www.bsaac.com and twenty dollars day of the show, and that's the fast way to get in. Yeah, and the the other thing is too, uh, you have uh, you have food there. We have everything, and uh, and you don't you don't beat people up on the food either. Uh, no, we have no. an independent contractor who we uh, we go through it all with him beforehand. And he understands there's no gouging. Yep, no, it, it's a it's a great day, and and uh, you know the best part of the day is you always leave a parking space for me right out front. Uh, absolutely, yeah. It's getting a little grassy and overgrown. Well, you know, one of these days when I'm not on vacation that week, my wife will actually let me leave the Cape <laughs> and and uh, and go to the car show because I I will admit I have been a few times, although it's been a few years, but I have been a few times, and it's and it's always it's always just a great time and i see you know when back uh, years ago when i had a corvair the the corvair club was there and, yeah. you know just to see and even years later i would still talk to those guys and i i know for a while i had an interest in a in a early 60s t-bird and i went in and i i probably found more that i didn't know about those cars and what to look for in a t-bird convertible and what what problems i could be faced with uh thinking about buying it and just the idea of there's just uh there are some great cars and there are some pretty interesting cars that things like i remember this was a few years ago there was a pretty beat up looking 71 maybe barracuda you know looked like it'd been around a long time, not pretty looking, and it had a Viper engine under the hood. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Even some beat-up cars, they have a big following. People like to talk to you about it. Sometimes the show cars scare them away. Yeah, yeah. I was I was looking at a, a, a Mazda Miata, and I said, oh, that's okay. And then I looked under the hood, and sure enough, it was a it was a Mustang drivetrain stuck under there. Well, that'll make it go yeah. good. Yeah, it, it did. And, and then I saw a little 32 hot rod, and it had a four-cylinder turbocharged engine. And I'm like, well, that's unexpected to see in there. So there, there's a lot of there's a lot of neat things, and the and the kind of engineering that people do. You know, some of it. You know, I, I look at some of these people, and they 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 can just do magic, and they're they're great craftsmen. The people that do it themselves, and they do some great stuff. We have a lot of hot rods and customs that uh, people sometimes don't like, but it's a reflection of what the market and the people are use, using and interested in. Right? Yeah, so you can't restrict it. And we everybody's welcome. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's uh, I li- I like your like that. I like your open like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no walls around the the uh, Endicott Estate. No, you're not, not, you're at not all. keep you're not keeping anybody out. Nope. All right, hey John, thanks a lot for calling in. And that website for the Bay State Antique Car Club again is www.bsaac.com. That's where you can find all the information. Yeah. And uh, we didn't talk about how many thousands of dollars it costs to go. How much is the admission? It's Fifteen dollars. Uh, pre-registered twenty dollars day of the show, and if you just want to amble on in, it's five dollars to walk in. There's almost nothing you can do for five dollars. That's the that's the <laughs> price of a. Uh, I I don't even know what you call a large Starbucks coffee. It's a it's a yeah. deposit on yeah. a Fenway hot dog. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a it's a, a, a deposit on a Fenway hot dog or a venti coffee at uh, at Starbucks. So <laughs> there you go. Hey, John. Thanks, and uh, best of luck with the show. Okay, I'll talk All to right. you later. Take care. Bye bye. 
That was our buddy John from the Bay State Antique Car Club, a good group. And the Endicott Estate, uh, the building itself, I, I go there to uh, talk to a retired men's club probably once a year or so. And every time I go, there's a little more restoration being done of the of the estate building itself. And it's not a gigantic uh, Newport Mansion-style estate, but it's a pretty big building. And uh, and you look at just the woodwork and the detail in, in this uh in this home, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful building, and on a really nice piece of property, easy to get to. Just follow the signs for the car club and the car show. It is just, uh, it's a good day if you have the chance. And like he, like John said, they have the car corral, they have some parts for sale, and. Uh, a few years ago, I went with somebody, and he was spending time in the parts thing, and he collected antique bicycles, and he found a bunch of antique bicycle parts while he was there. So you never know what you're going to find in the car corral and the used car parts and all that. Definitely worth going to for 5 bucks. How can you go wrong for 15 or $20 if you have a cool 25-year-old or older car to bring in? Go bring it in. Spend, spend a couple hours. Spend the whole day. Whatever you want to do. Why don't we take another break? Pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. If you would like to join us, our phone number is 617-770-3030. Looking for incredible zip lining and climbing adventures in the treetops? Now you don't have to drive hours to experience the fun. Visit Treetop Adventures, Greater Boston's number one zip line and aerial challenge park. Treetop Adventures is Greater Boston's newest outdoor adventure attraction, located at the Irish Cultural Center in Kenton. Families, corporate team building, birthday parties, sports teams, come challenge yourself while having a blast with your family and friends. Visit treetopcanton.com to book your treetop adventure today. That's treetopcanton.com. Sullivan Tire is proud to be New England's Michelin Tire Headquarters. Michelin Tires are known for their great tread design, durability, and handling. Stop in to your local Sullivan Tire and Auto Service today and check out our new lower pricing on such tires as the Michelin Premier AS, the Michelin Premier LTX, and so much more. Remember, we'll keep your car running right all season long. Stop in for our thorough factory-scheduled maintenance check. Our ASC certified technicians will check out your battery and charging system, radiator, and antifreeze, inspect your tires and air pressure, brakes, all system fluids, steering and suspension, belts, hoses, the exhaust system, exterior lights, wiper blades, and more. Head to any of our 68 locations to save big on a great selection of Michelin tires and check out the best auto maintenance in the industry. Call 877-592-TIRE or visit SullivanTire.com. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it. Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. WROL Boston. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. Hey, 
And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. If you would like to call us, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And if you own one of those diesel Volkswagens that have come under so much scrutiny, uh, it looks like uh, you may be $7,000 uh, um, to the positive on that. It says, you know, there's an article that came out that said VW to pay diesel owners up to $7,000, according to a report. Uh, Volkswagen will pay owners of polluting diesel cars up to $7,000 and agreed to fund a uh, grant program to offset air pollution under a lots and lots and lots of billion dollars worth of fines and everything else. But uh, VW will provide uh, cash payments worth between $1,000 and $7,000 depending on the vehicle's age and other factors to compensate consumers. Uh, But it's still sort of in the rumor stage, so we'll have to wait and see how that really works out. Our phone number again, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Paul and Braintree. Hey, Paul. Hey, John. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. It was great to hear uh, 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 Wayne Carini. He's just, you know, he's just a nice guy. He's just, um, I met him again about a month ago at at one of my little motor press events. And he's just, he he came right over to me and said, we chatted a little bit about just nonsense. And he said, he said, call me anytime you want me on your radio show. And he did. He was. Yeah. No, just, just a nice guy. I've been watching the uh, Barrett Jackson auction, and uh, if I'm. Um, Do you get your you get your internet bidding number up, or? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the only the, the, there's one complaint if it if it's a complaint I have with it is that they spend little or no time on on the interiors of the cars. I mean, I think sometimes the dashboards are the most interesting parts of it in some of the really antique cars. Uh, or even the uh, the fifties cars, and yeah. they, they they you know they'll have a camera showing you the underneath of the car, which I, you know is also important. Yeah. But uh, they kind of flash by the uh, interior of the car, which is mm. kind of you know it. Sometimes it's you know it's it uh, you know cars of the fifties they were kind of exotic inside, and uh, uh, they they uh, they don't do that. Is there any reason why? I have no idea, and you know, and as as a consumer who was interested in buying a car, now granted, you go online, there's a million pictures of each yeah. car, but I, you know, the dash is one of those things that can have some real wear and tear and cracks, and yeah. and also that's where you look for um, how authentic it is because sometimes you'll see uh, gauges that have been changed out with a more modern style mm-hmm. gauge or from a different year, or you might see a you know a, a, a you know, a 65 Impala radio is very specific to 65, different in 64, different in 66. And you might see, well, somebody managed to make something else fit in there that wasn't exactly the same. So I think that's kind of interesting. But you're right. Some of the, some of the, uh, especially some of the cars from the 50s and 60s, some of the 60s Chryslers with the, with the fold-away steering wheels, you know, those were, right. those were pretty interesting cars. And the uh, I, w- I went online at the catalog, and I think they get like a 1948 DeSoto. I, it, it, actually, we, the pictures online were really more specific. Yeah. And I think I think the the dashboard was lined in wood. I mean, it was really yeah. It was uh, fun to look at. Steering wheels were huge uh, because there was no power steering. Mm-hmm. Uh, the horns had the horn rings. Uh, I mean, it was uh, really part of a bygone era. Even the radios, I mean, they, they were a lot of metal. Yeah, a lot of a lot of metal. And you you mentioned horn rings. You know, that's when a horn ring was something that you had control over the horn. 
You know, the idea that the horn's built into the airbag now and it's a contact switch. Mm-hmm. You know, when you had a horn ring, you could actually toot the horn. Now, yeah. you pretty much either it's the horn's on or off. I, yeah. I mean, that, that's it. Uh, speaking of unusual cars, yesterday I was uh, on Route 3 South right at uh, uh, the Union Street exit in yep. and there was a, uh, a Nissan uh, something in front yep. of me, and it had a four-foot coffee cup. Uh, growing out of the trunk. Oh yeah, it was the New England Coffee Company. Yep. I yeah, how, I, actually, how how can they get away with that? You could you they could absolutely not see out of the back window of the car. Well, I guess as long as it has, you know, the rule is the rule is you can block your rear rear window, providing you have a left and right mirror. Yeah. So right. that's kind of how they get away with. Yeah, Red Bull does the same thing. Red Bull has a. Uh, Red Bull has a, a couple of cars with the Red Bull can mounted in the back. And then there's there's a company, and I want to say it might be local to New England, maybe even Plymouth, that makes all these models, um, you know, and it could be a, a, it could be like a, a animal that's grafted onto a car or something. And uh, they do a lot of these weird little, weird little things about that. So, um, yeah, that, it might be, you know, they're... They're pretty interesting. They're pretty interesting. It's got to be. Uh, it's got to be a challenge on a windy day, though. Oh, you imagine! Yeah. I mean, this thing was like you know coffee to go. I yeah. Guess. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what it was? Uh, I mean, uh, it was a, a track. I, actually, I took a picture with from my uh, with my uh, the cell phone from my yeah. car. Yeah. Uh, because I was nearly at a stop. Um, where I would not normally do that, but uh, put it on my Facebook page actually. Yeah. So it it was unusual, and uh, but I thought. Uh, the outside rearview mirrors were were just standard. It was yeah, yeah. large ones that you might have if you had a trailer. But uh, speaking of which, are we are we Facebook friends? I don't think so. No, then we should be. Okay. All right. right. Uh, look. How do I do that? Look. Look for me on Facebook. It's Mister. Yeah, Mister John or Paul. Have have a sixteen year old kid show you how. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Easy to do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for all right. Much. Take take yeah, care, bye. Paul. Bye. Yeah, not that I have anything like cars with six foot coffee cups growing out of the back of them, but I would repost a picture like that. So if you are on Facebook, uh, it's uh, Mister John F. Paul, not because I'm trying to be formal, but John F. Paul was taken. So, and it was because I was so late in actually putting my name on the website. And uh, speaking of websites, if you want to actually find my website now, um, I have registered my website. And it is johnknowscars.net. Uh, johnknowscars.net is the name of my website. And on the website has links to uh, the podcast site, has links to the column in the Boston Globe, boston.com. It also has links to the column in the Providence Journal. It has links to the, um, the column in the Worcester Telegram uh, pretty much anything I do is on there, uh, and this was the website that was put together by um, four juniors in high school for me. So it was uh, four kids from the Worcester Telegram, uh, from the Worcester Telegram, South Shore Votech, and it has, uh, like I said, it has things from the Worcester Telegram, the Boston Globe, the Providence Journal, all my AAA stuff is there, but they used a template from a website. I registered the site last week, so it's a little more, it's a little easier to find. Registering it was a little bit more involved than I thought, and I'd never done it before. So you have to register the name, and again, it's John, it's JohnKnowsCars.net, 
not .com, because someone took the .com name, and I think it was me, and I couldn't figure out how to get it back. So, so it's uh, JohnKnowsCars.net. Find that, and it's uh, so not any more complicated than that. You can see the latest columns, find all the podcasts. There's about I think on the podcast site, there's about 50 different episodes there. Um, so just a way to put it all together. Uh, not that I really needed a website, but uh, these uh, Votech kids needed a project. So they did it, and then I registered it, and now I have a website. Never had one of those before. So there we go. Let's talk to Boyd on line one. Hey, Boyd. Hey, John Paul. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. And you? Sound good. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm really well, thanks. Um, hey, I had a couple of quick questions I could like to sure. run by and tap your brain, uh, pick your brain about. Um, it, it involves a, a friend of mine, a girlfriend's um, aging, <laughs> it's a 2009 Toyota Corolla, the 1.8 liter motor. Okay. Good motor. You know, it's, it's um, the car was garage. She got it. Um, Almost like a, as a as a, a gift, in a, uh, but it, it had pretty high mileage to begin with. Okay, uh, but now it has just turned two hundred forty-seven thousand. All right, all right. Now, um, my question is this: you know, it, it's it looks good and it's still running very well. Uh, and um, I'm wondering about the timing chain, and you know, uh, the uh, what's the best way to look at. Uh, this uh, car. She's going to keep it, um, and I may wind up uh, using it for a while. Mm -hmm. She's going to get a four-wheel drive before the snow flies. Okay. That's what she wants. And um, this car, uh, you know, I'm I'm wondering, uh, realistically, you know, she does mostly highway driving, Mm -hmm. but, you know, with this high mileage, um, you know, it doesn't burn any oil to speak of. I have to add maybe a half a quart every, you know, say 5,000 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was wondering um, what you, you recommend, you know. Uh, I'd like to keep the car, of course, and we'll just tap it as long as we can, and mm-hmm. then when the time comes, uh, there's a motor that's available to me. It's a 2.4 uh, Cam- um, Camry motor. Mm-hmm. All right, and then that car was rear-ended, a friend of mine owned, and I, I asked him if he'd be willing to sell me the motor, you yeah. know. Or I might drop that in there. Would that go in easily and without a lot of alterations and, I mean, ex- extra expenses? Uh, no. <laughs> it, it will not. Well, only because it probably matches up to the transmission. Right. It probably, there probably is holes pre-drilled for the motor mounts. Right. Uh, but you'll have to change the entire computer and wiring harness. Nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, once you start to look at that, it's a different radiator in the in the 2.4. Mm-hmm. Um, there's enough changes in there where... Uh, it's not worth it. Yeah, it'd be a lot of work. And yeah. the way you describe this engine with the 200 and something thousand miles on it, not burning any oil. Yeah, 247. Sound, yeah, sounding quiet. Yep. Um, you know, keep regular oil changes, watch the watch the coolant, make sure it's clean and stays full. Okay. Um, and there's no reason to think it's not going to go another, you know, 100,000 miles at this point, I guess. Okay. Uh, yeah. You mentioned the timing chain is always being a concern. That On that particular engine, that that chain hasn't, I haven't heard of any real issues. I mean, like any like any car, you know, eventually the chain can wear out. Yeah. And I suppose you could, you know, try to, you know, bring the engine up sort of on 
top dead center, look at the timing mark, and juggle the crankshaft pulley back and forth a little bit and see how much play there is in the chain. But unless you're detecting something wrong, I don't think I'd really worry about it. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. and I have one more uh, sure. uh, uh, quick question about this motor. Um, have you ever um, removed and replaced a uh, starter motor on a on this Toyota Corolla 1.8? Yep. You have. Okay, what would be, what would you say is the maximum uh, amount of time that it would take to do, I mean for a experienced mechanic that, for for an experienced for an experienced mechanic to to actually pull the yeah remove and replace it with a new one well i mean it, it according to according to the flat rate time they claim that you can take the starter out in half an hour really yeah yeah now, I will let you know, in my own personal car, mm-hmm. it said, uh, I looked up the directions how to put a starter in my own car, and it said, and I quote, remove two bolts, remove wiring, replace the replace the starter. Mm-hmm. What they didn't tell you was you had to jack the engine up, and it took a really long period of time. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll so. tell you what, I, it's not a matter of... Uh uh, distrust or anything, but I, I, I've been dealing with the garage, with this particular car, and they've been very, very good. As far, but uh, here's the question, you know, I know the part itself, the, the starter motor new from Napa or wherever, yep. it's about $114, something in that neighborhood, you know, let's say, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, yep. up, up to 130 yep. Yeah, um, but um, the my friend, this same lady that owns the car, mm-hmm. um, Received a bill of over about five hundred and twenty-five dollars, mm. and I thought, "What? You know, well, the, how long did it take them?" To yeah. Do? Well, the actual, uh, you know, looking up the original equipment part, not a not a Napa part or an AutoZone part or yeah, O'Reilly's right. part. Uh-huh. The original equipment parts price on that is four hundred and twenty-five dollars for a starter motor. For a starter motor, yeah. My God! And then you know, a half an hour's labor. So figure, you know, fifty bucks or something to put it in. Yeah. Now you're you're up to you're up to five hundred dollars just about. <laughs> but but the labor the labor to replace this just to let's see what's it say here? removal. Let's take a look at what it says. Uh-huh. Uh, disconnect cable from negative battery terminal. Remove transmission oil filler tube subassembly. So it says you know just so it's a tube that's in the way. And then it says remove the starter assembly, two bolts and a couple of wires, and remove the terminal cap and and disconnect the nut and remove the bolts and take the starter out. So it's not, you know, it's a ha- you know, it looks like it's a half hour job to take it out and put it right. back in. Um, and it could be, you know, keeping you know keep in mind that all good auto shops, you know, have to mark up their parts. So if you're buying, yeah, I, I, yeah you know that's yeah. that's the way it is. Yeah. yeah so yeah. if you're buying, if you're buying a starter for a hundred, you know, we'll we'll use a, a hundred dollars just for easy easy math. Most good shops have to run on a forty percent parts markup. Mm-hmm. Now to figure forty percent, you would think it's forty percent, but it's not. You have to multiply it times one point six 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 or something to come up with it. So you're looking at more like a hundred and sixty dollars okay. as a forty percent right. markup. Mm-hmm. And once you look at that, you're like, well, okay. But still, if you can buy a starter for a hundred and twenty five, and they're charging you four hundred for the starter, that unless they're buying the starter directly from Toyota, right? Um, which they don't do. Which they don't do. I I would say, well, that sounds a little. Can I, you know, can I see the receipt? You know, everybody everybody deserves a little yeah, markup, yeah. but well, that's not going to make an issue of yeah. it. But I was I was really quite surprised. Yeah. 
to see, I thought, how long did it take to put this thing? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. because one of the beauties of of the Toyota Corollas uh, oh, oh, throughout their whole history, you know, it's, it's, it's ease of getting to and replacing things. Well, in some cases, although I will tell you one of the older Corollas, now, you know, I don't work in a repair shop anymore. I just hang around in them, seems like. But I remember I remember doing a starter on a older Corolla. It was probably, it had to be in the 70s. Yeah. And you had to take the exhaust manifold off. Is that right? Yeah. I used to own a, um, a five-speed manual yep. SR5 uh, sport coupe. You know, and with a little, yep. you know, yep. I, I, the car grew on me. I bought it used and I, I, re- I fixed it up a little bit and, <clears throat> you know, it was a very, I, it, it was it wasn't a road rocket, but it was it, yep. was, it was a fun car to drive. Yep. You know, and there was the, um, but that was the 1.6, you know, there was the two valves per cylinder instead of four, yep. like this this 1.8 has. Yep. And, um, you know, um, anyway. The, uh, only, the only thing I'll caution you with the, with the engine in that, and it's not a caution at all, occasionally run some good fuel uh, additive through it, like Tecron or B&G or one of those. Okay. Because those... The valves in that engine tend to get a little carbony over time, right? So it doesn't hurt to doesn't hurt to run that through once or twice a year. Yeah, um, at least so you know. I don't know if it's just advertising hype or what, but you know, like mobile gas, for instance. Oh, it's a high detergent oil. Well, it's 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 funny you mention that. At AAA, we're coming out with a study. Uh, in the next week or so, which I'm probably not, not supposed to talk about, but we did find out that gasoline that is actually uh, it actually referred to as top tier gasoline. Um, it used to be a little pyramid on the gas pump. Now it looks like a cloud or something. But we actually did find out that if you use top tier gasoline, and I got to tell you, almost all gasoline, including. Um, you know, Shell and Mobile, some of the no-names, they aren't, but a lot of the name-brand gasoline is top-tier. It actually does have an additive benefit to it, and they did find that running this test engine for an extremely long period of time with no-name fuel versus um, top-tier fuel, and the octane was the same, 87 octane, no difference there. There was less carbon buildup on the valves, and that did, you know, that did make a it did make a difference in the performance. They also found out that top-tier gasoline will actually cause some of the deposits that are built up to start to clean off at the same time. Really? So Yeah. yeah. So, no, but I, like but I got to tell you, I'm cheap. I buy gas wherever it looks like, you know, it, it's got to be on the right side of the road I'm on. The pump's got to be available with the gas door on the side that I'm on. I'm not that fussy about where I get gas. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you run 87? I, I on the things that need eighty seven. I uh, even in the test cars that I drive when I drive a a press car that um, requires you know ninety one or better or something. I will put it in because yeah. um, it's not my car and I feel I should treat it right. But yeah. uh, in the car, my wife's car and my car that require only eighty seven. That's all they get. Yeah, yeah. Well, I you know I I'm sort of a you know old time gearhead. Yep. I, I I know certain gasoline. Because of the additives they use, I can tell a, a little difference in yep. the performance. Yeah, no, you. Colors will definitely more punch. Yeah, you can. And the other thing that is all, that sort of makes some sense too is, you look at how the octane's rated on the pump, and it says, you know, it says R over M divided by whatever is the octane. So it's sort of the research over the motor method equals the octane, and and what happens? The research means it's a it's a. Uh, um, 
mathematical calculation for the octane. Right. The motor method means it's done on a little engine where they do it until it pings and they come up with an octane. They, they, they average those two numbers together and they divide them in half and that's how they come up with the octane. Ah. Well, if you, have, if you have a gasoline that has a high laboratory octane and in the motor rating it's low but it averages out together that could be a that could be a gasoline that performs differently in certain cars mm -hmm. i remember way back when i had a carbureted car it was a 80 early 80s car and for some reason whenever i got gas at a getty station coming down this one long hill when i got to the bottom of the hill it would always stall mm -hmm. and when i used anything but getty gas I wouldn't have that problem. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. so there is even though the even though eighty seven is eighty seven, it might not be in certain cars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I noticed in the in the uh, Toyota's manual, it it it, it said uh, eighty seven octane, da, 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 and then it said um, ninety one. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's for a different. Number. Yeah, that's that's actually a different rating. Oh. Yeah, that's a different rating. Don't worry about that. No, I'm not. Okay. Okay. Well, All right. anyway, um, one last. So, just to make sure I, I got it right, um, what is the longest period of time that you would say it would take to do that starter motor? About a half an hour. Really? Yeah, and I mean everybody rounds up, so so an hour. Give them an hour. Yeah. 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 Well, these so. guys have been you know really excellent to us. Doc. Yeah. You yeah. know they've done things for nothing. Yeah. And, you know. No, and it's just that I was really quite surprised yeah. to see that was. That much, uh, yeah. you know. I thought, well, I'm maybe I'm back in time, but I'm going like, what the hell, you know? For replace, it's re removing and replacing it. Yeah. No, uh, according to all data, the book that I use, the you know, the online database that I use, it's a half an hour to do it on that that car yeah. with that engine. Yeah. Now I'm going to find out what what the, the part cost. They yeah. It, yeah. Uh, I would, guy, I would just guy, ask the, him. The owner said, you know, well, it's going to cost you probably. You know, I know you. You know, I know it's the way it's done. You know, yep. they add on, and that's, yep. that's they have. Yeah, forty percent, forty percent markup is okay. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. And some, you know, I, you know, some, some places do, you know, do fifty percent. Um, you know, and and you know, it's you know, some people say, well, if the part costs less than ten dollars, we have to double it. If it costs more than ten dollars, we we use forty percent. Um, everybody deserves to have a reasonable markup on on stuff, and yeah, yeah. But well, even if even if the, the, the starter motor cost cost me or cost my, my yeah. friend two hundred. Yep. Yeah, what are you charging? Yeah, three hundred dollars yeah. labor. Yeah, and uh, the three, thing, three hours labor for that. Yeah, the thing what I would do is I might call like a a, a real you know, like a Napa parts store and say, what's the list price on a starter for that? Okay. Not what's my cost, but yeah, what's the yeah. list price. Okay. Figuring that, you know, yeah. you, you're going to pay list price in a, in a, in a shop. Yeah. I okay. Just, I was just curious because I could not imagine that would take three hours. No, to, no, there's not, not three hours there unless they broke a bolt or something or, yeah, yeah, no. no. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, thanks, thanks, boy. All the info. All right. And by the way, I love that t-shirt I got. Oh. Yeah. It's a I have a, Good big collection of black T-shirts, and this one looks great. There you go. Well, yeah. we have to thank uh, uh, Marita McKinnon, my soon-to-be former producer. Really? Who's uh, going on to? Well, she's staying here, but she's going on to. Uh, okay. She's going on to yeah. Monday to Monday her. to Friday. Thank you. Well. Yeah. All right. Take care. Uh, McKinnon, she can't be all bad. I'm a McKenna. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thanks, boy. Bye. Bye, bye. Uh, before we take a break, why don't we do a quick car review? And the car is the car that got me here today, the Volvo XC90, 
And for 2016, it's completely redesigned after nearly 13 years on the market. The XC90 is a luxury SUV with seating for up to seven in three rows. Base models are powered by a two-liter, 250-horsepower turbocharged engine. Also offered are a combination supercharged turbocharged engine. That version makes 316 horsepower. And the subject of my road test is actually a plug-in hybrid version. And interesting is this economical hybrid is the performance option with nearly 400 horsepower available. The interior of the Volvo is one of the most attractive of any car on the road. The front seats are very adjustable and should provide comfort for any size driver. The second row seat is comfortable for adults. And the third row seat, although better suited to kids, can fit adults in a pinch. The wood, metal, and even the plastic have a very high-quality look and feel. The controls are different. That's a good way to describe it. To start uh, this Volvo, there's a knob you twist one way, uh, to start it in the opposite direction to shut it off. So you turn the knob one way to start it, turn it the other way to shut it off. Uh, the shifter selection is also a bit awkward, uh, but once mastered, gets a little bit more natural. Uh, not as awkward as the Jeeps that were have been in the news lately with the with the toggle shifter. It's similar, but not quite the same. What this car does when you shut the engine off, it actually automatically puts it in park. Uh, the infotainment system, like many, offers plenty of distractions. Uh, this Volvo has just about every technological marvel available. A high-end sound system is crisp, clean, and doesn't have an AM radio. So it has satellite. It has the ability to stream some, as long as you have Apple Play hooked up to it. But has FM? No AM. No AM. <laughs> The view from the driver's seat is quite good, making this uh, large vehicle feel smaller than its actual size. Steering is smooth and precise, contributing to the XC90 spacious feel, as well as the well-positioned windows and huge panoramic sunroof. It all makes it feel feel airy and light inside. The handling is actually quite good for a large car. The ride is about what you expect from a large luxury SUV. A little firm at times, but uh, overall quite good. Performance from the plug-in hybrid engine is quite good with a trip to 60 miles an hour taking about five and a half seconds. This is part due to the extra 87 horsepower from the rear-mounted electric motor. This is a plug-in hybrid, and charging with 240 volts takes about two and a half hours, and about overnight on 110 volts. Fuel economy is quite good uh, with the overall rating of 53 miles per gallon the, that's the E rating with a fully charged battery. In pure electric mode, I guess you get about 15 or 16, 18 miles, I guess, on pure electric. I drove from my house to here, and the gasoline never, engine never worked. Uh, since um, this is an SUV, you have to talk about storage. And the XC90 has 86 cubic feet with all the seats folded, 41 cubic feet with the third row folded, and a tidy 15 cubic feet with all the seats in use. The only downside to all this SUV's roominess is there's no room for a spare tire. Uh, so here is uh, where this luxury SUV gets a little bit tricky. The sticker price of the XC90 T8 Inscription Edition, which is what we drove, was over $80,000. The comparable XC90 T6 can be purchased for about $16,000 less. I'm not sure if I had the extra money... I don't know if the performance and better fuel economy were worth all that money. But it is a pretty interesting car, and apparently the shifter is made out of some sort of crystal from some Swedish crystal maker. I don't know. From something. That's what I read that somewhere. Why don't we take a break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to uh, the folks from car, the car consultancy.
I left Kentucky back in 49 and went to Detroit working on assembly line. The first year they had me putting wheels on Cadillacs. Every day I'd watch their beauties roll by and sometimes I'd hang my head and cry. Cause I always wanted me one that was long and black. One day I devised myself a plan that should be the envy of most any man. I'd sneak it out of there in the lunchbox in my hand. Now getting caught meant getting fired, but I figured I'd have it all by the time I retired. I'd have me a car worth at least a hundred grand. WROL Boston. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800 273 if you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-273-0135 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-273-0135 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-273-0135. Sullivan Tire is proud to be New England's Michelin Tire headquarters. Michelin Tires are known for their great tread design, durability, and handling. Stop into your local Sullivan Tire and Auto Service today and check out our new lower pricing on such tires as the Michelin Premier AS, the Michelin Premier LTX, and so much more. Remember, we'll keep your car running right all season long. Stop in for our thorough factory-scheduled maintenance check. Our ASC certified technicians will check out your battery and charging system, radiator and antifreeze, inspect your tires and air pressure, brakes, all system fluids, steering and suspension, belts, hoses, the exhaust system, exterior lights, wiper blades, and more. Head to any of our 68 locations to save big on a great selection of Michelin tires and check out the best auto maintenance in the industry. Call 877-592-TIRE or visit SullivanTire.com. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it. Do you dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800-280-3517. That's 800-280-3517. You're listening to The Car Doctor. back to the car doctor program hey this doesn't happen very often we have in studio guests and we have the guys from the car consultancy i'll let uh i'll let them introduce themselves we'll start with ira go ahead hi i'm ira hirsch and i'm the um uh founder of the car consultancy and, and to, to I, I your right thank you for inviting us on the yeah, show yeah 
And you are? Yeah, thanks very much. I'm David Hecht, co-founder and great friend of ours. Okay, uh, stay right there. Don't do anything. Let's go to Tom, who's been on hold for a little bit, see what he's up to. Tom? Hello. Hello. Is this John Paul? It is. John, uh, last week you had a fellow on you, and you talked about the Tucker car. Oh, yeah. Uh, John no. Hedlund, I don't know if you knew him. He was they owned Hedlund Motors. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, uh, they uh, bought into the Tucker dealership. When I was a little kid, my father took me down. And uh, they had the car here for about a week. And uh, they went, they had over 10,000 people. 10,000 people were looking at a Tucker, huh? Yes. Wow. The line went up Quincy Avenue from Eddie Steiner all the way up to Merchant Tire. Wow. That's a long way. And, uh, of course, uh, he sold, he took names for, for uh, two, 200 cars. So. Yeah, and and never sold any. Never sold any. Yeah. Buses. Pretty, Marcus, pretty Marcus good deal. Yeah. Hey, that's a that's an interesting story, Tom. Thanks for calling in. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye. So let's talk about the car consultancy a little bit. Um, uh, Ira, how did uh, what what kind of got you guys? Was it was it an interest in cars or was it a frustration hearing people telling stories? Well, when I was six years old, I loved cars. Yeah. And basically, all through. Um, until I turned 17 and I got my driver's license, I just had um, a passion for cars. Yep. And basically at age 17, I got my license, um, couldn't get a summer job, test drove uh, a bunch of different cars, um, and my parents' friends started to ask me advice on uh, what cars I liked and what I liked about them. And um, they asked me, and basically I helped them, advised them, and um, then after I went to college, I basically started working in the medical field, uh, met a um, physician uh, who was dreading the car buying process. Ah. And basically what happened there was I told him I could help him. And I was able to basically, he had to buy a car for his mother and for his wife. And I was able to negotiate and steer him in the absolute right direction and um, that's kind of the background of how the car consultancy got started now it's sort of interesting that it, these things happen with frustration because um, locally here in Cambridge there's a company called um, IC Cars and it's a website company and Feng, Feng Li I think his name is is the, the co-founder of that and I said to him how'd you, how'd you get started in that and he says I went out to buy a car one day and I hated it and it's interesting that you, you, you this sort of started the same way. And what's interesting is you guys, you guys are hands-on personal with this, right? Yes, we are. Yeah. And we get we hear from so many people that they just dread the car buying yeah. process. They hate it. They don't like the games. Yeah. So, so different than some of the websites where the dealer pays to be involved, uh, this one the consumer pays, which makes the dealer less kind of um i don't want to say less involved but the where the dealer where the dealer pays is a little bit different because they sort of control the price right yeah so what yeah. we do is we act totally in our clients best interest right okay and our clients pay us but there are other companies out there or services out there that get reimbursed um or compensated yep. commission from dealerships and so they cannot have your best interest you know at at heart 
um, if you know they're getting compensated from the dealership, and so that we act, you know, we're, we're the only we're a service that's absolutely for the client. Yeah. So different. It, it's it almost sounds like you know when I if I wanted to go buy a piece of real estate and I was buying it from the seller. You know, and that seller's real estate agent, their job is it's in their best interest to try to sell it for as much as they can, not try to sell it for as little as they can because they're commissioned based on that. Uh, so you're you're doing the same thing. You're going out and you're saying, no, you're going to pay us a little bit of money up front, but we're going to really be in your best interest to try to make sure you can get the best possible deal. And let's talk about the best deal. We hear about manufacturer's suggested list price. Then we hear about... Um, we hear about dealer cost. Then we hear. Then we hear. All of a sudden, there's something. There's something called holdback, mm-hmm. which is something else. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of different prices when it comes to when it comes to car pricing and how it all works. Can you kind of take us through what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, the invoice price is a price that the car supposedly the dealership supposedly pays you know mm-hmm. for the car. Um, but there's a lot of other um, let's I call them hidden money. Okay. There's a lot of other money that's available that's not necessarily known um, to the consumer. There, there's advertised rebates that mm-hmm. you can see in newspapers and on websites yep. and whatnot. But then you also have to take into account um, that dealerships have goals, sales mm-hmm. goals to meet. Yep. So, and there's also other incentives uh, for the sales uh, for the dealership to move units which um, we, we do a great job of finding those incentives mm-hmm. um, and finding what I call the hidden money. How about somebody, uh, you know, Marita's still waiting to buy that perfect Jeep. You know, that's what she's planning on. And there are certain times of the year it's a better time of year or not to buy that perfect Jeep, right? Mm-hmm. In general, what happens, it, a really good time to buy cars are at the end of the year. In December, um Manufacturers are looking to um, move product and therefore incentivize um, dealerships. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember a few years ago, BMW and Mercedes were having a contest after Lexus lost their title of being the number one luxury export mm-hmm. uh, car to, in the in the U.S. And that was very that was a lot of fun because um, Mercedes and BMW were going head to head. And my clients um, did really incredibly well on either one of those cars. Mm. And so those kinds of situations uh, appear and you can really save money. Um, so it's a year-end driven uh, yeah. process. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to add really quickly too because we're talking about the best deal mm-hmm. for people. Well, the best deal is, of course, if you need a car now, yeah. you can't wait, right? Right. So not only saving money. But we save people tons of time, and we eliminate the stress in the process. And when they're done, they just know that they got the best. They get deal. the best deal, the right yeah. one for them. Yeah. And and that that's a good that's a good point because there are times where, hey, I think I'm going to need a car. You know, my car is whatever, how many years old? Yeah, maybe in the fall I'll think about buying a car. And I guess that's a good customer for you too because you can start to look at what's what's out there and as it's coming up. But on the other hand. I just hit a telephone pole. I have to replace my car as soon as the insurance money comes in. All of a sudden, now it's a lot of stress with me because I have to go out. I have to go out and replace that car. But working with you folks, now all of a sudden, you've lowered my stress rate a little bit because I'm dealing with the insurance company. Oh, gee, I got to go deal with the car dealership. I'd rather get a root canal. 
In fact, we recently heard from a, uh, a woman at a show that we were exhibiting at. She said, oh, my gosh, childbirth is worse. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that really hit it home. Now, was this a hypothetical? This was a hypothetical. Okay. This was a hypothetical. Yeah, I, didn't, okay. I, didn't, I, I, don't owe it, I don't owe the telephone company any polls, as far as I know. So, uh, But, no, it, and it's one of those things, though. It really is. It can be my wife got into a crash about a year ago and you know we were kind of juggling cars a little bit for a while and it was we kind of knew I, I think we knew what we wanted although I'm still not sure I made the right decision um, but no time will tell on that uh, but uh, it's been a year now and I'm still not sure if I made the right decision but and and how, how does that work with people what what happens when you have somebody that comes to you and says hey I want to buy a new car what should I buy so um, we go through a, uh, I ask them a series of questions to find out what the right car is for them. Mm -hmm. because, and that's very important because we handle people in all different phases of their buying process. So if they have no idea what to buy, that's fine. And we set up these kind of pressure-free test drives. And so they can go, I mean, we'll make suggestions, you mm -hmm. know, say they want a sports car or say they have a family that's growing, you know, and they mm -hmm. want an, um, a minivan. So we will talk to them about um, their needs. We'll talk about uh, their futures, their budget, and we'll help them make that decision. But ultimately, I believe that, you know, everybody has to test drive a car mm -hmm. um, uh, that they're possibly yeah. considering. Yeah, that model of... Uh you're going to buy a car like you, you know, you could buy it from Amazon and, you know, the drone would show up and drop it off at your doorstep. You have to go out and drive the car. And you raised the perfect point. Like a year later, you're actually not even sure. So, like, test drives are not created equal. Right. And a lot of people tell us that they're, they feel a lot of pressure. Like, they, you know, even all I want to do is drive the vehicle. Right. Right. But maybe they're feeling sold or something like that. So, I'm just distinguishing what the pressure free test drive is. Yeah. It's literally an opportunity. Like, you'd go into a store and look at something on the shelf and then walk out. Like, you can literally mm. test drive the vehicle yeah. and it's a different experience for people. Yeah. Because there's no pressure. And, no, you know, they just say thank you. So, it's, so it's not like they just. They just photocopied my license, did a credit check while I was looking at the car, and then, uh, and then don't Without let me out of the yes. showroom. I, I, I had an experience. I, t I, tell this, I tell this story, and this is where a, a, a business like yours is just so good. I went to replace a car that I had. It was about five years old, and I was looking for a Hyundai SUV. And I went to a Hyundai dealership. I came in, and first I looked online. Their online salesperson said, we got plenty of cars. You know, come down and look. Got down and looked, and the first thing they did is they showed me the next model up. Well, that wasn't the model I wanted. I had a budget in mind, what I wanted to spend. And um, I s we went back and forth. And they said, well, let me show you the car. I said, well, there isn't the car, first off. I want to look at the car. And come to find out, they didn't actually have any. They had a lot of the upscale models, but they didn't have any. So we went back and forth a little bit. And they said, and it, at the same time, I said, well, you can you know go see what you give me for my car. And I said, well, give me my key. This isn't going to work. Give me my keys. Didn't get my keys back. So then we got into a little confrontation. And I said, well, just give me my keys. I'll leave. This isn't going to work. And, well, why won't you buy a car from me? I said, well, first off, you lied. The price is too high. And then his sales crew came out and sort of surrounded me. 
<laughs> and at that, and all I'm I'm just laughing about it because I just think it's hysterical. And I said, just give me my keys. I'm, you know, and I got my keys. And then they sort of blocked the showroom door. Wow. So I kind of walked my way through the showroom, got got out, and finally the sales manager comes over to me and says, "Well, I don't know what your business is, but our business is to make money." And I said, "They said," and I said. Well, I think that's everybody's business is sort of to do that, but you do it in a reasonable way. And then he came up with some price that was actually a ridiculously good price. And he said, well, will you buy the car now? He said, this is what you originally came in and wanted to spend. And I said to him, I wouldn't buy a car from you now if you were the last dealership on earth. I said, just because I know that you would have you would have easily stolen five or six thousand dollars from me. Literally stolen five or six thousand dollars from me, and I'm like, why would anyone do business that way? It's an amazing story. I've got all kinds of things popping up in my head, and um, the first is like we were talking about what the best deal is for you. Like even if he took five grand off the car yeah. right there, you probably were not going to buy it. Uh, I guess at some point you think about yeah. it twice, yeah. right? But yeah. Um, and I want to be really clear that we're not in any way disparaging dealers. We have great relationships yep. with dealers, and here's the point. In fact, is um, my father was a car dealer. I grew up in this business. Okay. I've known Ira since I was six. But yep. Like at six, that was like where I went and hung out at the show. So, so that's why that's why when Ira was seven, he came. He started hanging out with you because it, almost, uh, almost, because you, 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 you had you had the connection to the cars. I'm starting to see it now. It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting, right? So we're not disparaging yep. dealers, but yep. that is quite the story. Yeah. And um, you know, pe- people definitely um, like you got to laugh about it. Yeah. Like you just see like yep. what's going yep. on yep. the process. And they, that's all it is, is a process. Yep. Like the manager tells the salesperson, you just don't let them leave without talking to me right. or something yep. like that. Yep. And then somehow that translates into block the doors. So yeah. Yeah. Don't quite get it. No, no. It, it was, and, and the Volkswagen we ended up buying last year, I bought from a small Volkswagen dealer in Brockton, Paul Clark Volkswagen. Good guys. I went in and talked to Paul, happened to be there. We chit chatted back and forth. I said, what can you do? He gave me a price. And I said, looks like a pretty good price. I said, you happy? And he said he was. I said I was happy. The whole transaction took 20 minutes. And it was just, a, it was a good relationship. But, and, and it just shows how there's some, there's, there can be some really good relationships. And uh, and like you said, uh, you know, it's it's what you're looking at. But to take that stress level down to, you know, root canal, childbirth, whatever the case is, um, <laughs> uh, just to know that you can you can do that and get a good deal. Yeah, there are there are good dealerships out there, and there are not so good dealerships out there. Mm. So we have a tendency to deal with the better dealerships yep. because we're in it. We provide the ultimate customer, you know, buyer experience. Yep. So, and from the and from the dealership side, if I know as you're coming in with your client, you know, ex- I know that you know exactly what they want. I'm t- I'm wasting a lot less time. I'm getting I'm getting a car sold. I'm taking inventory off the off the floor, I'm moving it along, and I can go wait on the next customer. So it's it's a it's a win for them as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you mentioned in the you know in what we were just talking about a moment ago about like the business. The, the dealership said that they were in business to make money. That's actually not why people are in business. Although they don't always realize it. We're in business to help other people, right? And in the process, we make money, right? Right. But if your business is to make money, then your whole context, your whole attitude about it is going to be different. It's only about the money. And, you know, that's just not how we operate. Yeah. And people appreciate it, and it's clear. Um, I actually forgot what the other thing was that I wanted to say, but um, the, uh, the, dealer, the, the, the dealership ex- 
relationship is actually a misnomer. The relationship is with the people. Mm -hmm. And so we can't even tell you, like, well, go to this dealership right. or this dealership because yep. the people in the industry move around. Mm -hmm. Relationships with the people. Yeah, and that's, that's a really good point because um, I it was a dealership not far from here, and one of their sales guys was basically just a retired salesman from something else. And I said to him, what are you doing? And he said, I, he said, I get tired of staying home. And he said, I found out I kind of like to do this. And he said, frankly, I don't care if I really sell a car, but I'm building these relationships here. Mm -hmm. And he said, if somebody comes in and they buy a car and they, they got a, you know, they're happy with what they got. And he says, I made someone happy. And, you know, a car being a pretty emotional investment is just really, is really a good thing. To, to me, at least, I, I just I just think that you know you you look at that. It's either the second or third largest investment you'll ever make, either behind your house or in front of your uh, how much you're paying for education. But it's somewhere in there. Uh, why not? So, how do people get a hold of you? I know the the website is thecarconsultancy.com, dot com, but a phone number. So it's eight hundred two eight zero three five one seven. Because Walter just called in and he said wants their number. He's interested. So, uh, so. Thanks, yeah, so, uh, but definitely, you know, definitely the idea of, you know, the, it's still, you know, I, and I won't, no, I'm, I will. Um, I, I was talking to Herb Chambers one day, and I said, how do you treat, you know, we're talking about treating customers, and, and he said, you know, we have this whole new system, and we do this, and, and I like Herb a lot, and I said to him, yeah, but do you still ring a bell when you sell a car? And he kind of goes, uh, yeah. So as much as some of that old-time car salesman stuff doesn't work, and, you know, people who sell cars who, who do it well, like this retiree that I knew just enjoyed it. Another younger guy I know who's doing it really enjoys it. But he, but he also, you know, sends you a birthday card. You know, once mm -hmm. you become a customer, you become kind of his extended family. And when he left the dealership, his customers went with him because all of a sudden they became part of his family and he became part of theirs. And, and I think you're right. You're building this relationship. You're putting people together with an investment. And I always say that, you know, there's, there's probably a similar business for guys like you who are selling appliances, maybe. But no one ever names their washing machine. You know, no one ever says, you know, Marita, does your car have a name? See, Marita's car has a name. You know, people name their cars. They yeah. become, a, there's an emotional attachment with their cars. And to be able to start that relationship with your car on a good note, that you just didn't spend six hours at a dealership, I think that makes a lot of sense. And how do you guys handle the, the you know, there's a lot of scrutiny that needs to be done on paperwork. I hear stories about, yeah, you know, they, they handed me, you know, I, I haven't signed so many things since I bought a house. And then, oh, well, there was a mistake in the paperwork. And do you guys go over all that with them? We, we, ha we don't go over the specific paperwork with them. We deal with people who... Um, like the finance managers yep. or the business yep. managers at the specific dealerships. And uh, we know that they're quality people yep. and that, um, but I will, the deal itself, I, the, my client will get, a, will get a paper either from the dealership to me. And so they'll get yep. the, the negotiated yep. price. So they'll see it nice and clear. It's yes. like, this is what it was. This is the negotiated price. This is what you're going to pay. Mm -hmm. The important thing is that they go in knowing the final number. And that's going the, to be the final, final number. number. There's no... Uh, I mean, shenanigans? Say, they switch. What's that? Shenanigans? 
Sure, shenanigans. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. There's, we, there's none of that going yeah. on. We need to take a quick break. I think we have a commercial to, commercial or two we need to play. And uh, Paul Sullivan, host of the Irish Hit Parade, will be in here in just a couple of minutes. So and my watch could be slow. I don't know. But we'll be right back. WROL Boston. Don't you just hate the hassle of car buying? Make it easy by finding your financing first. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. As a member of the City of Boston Credit Union for over two decades, I know that they always put their members first with some of the most competitive car rates around. You can figure out what you want to spend before you even go shopping. Come visit the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and apply today. Or call 617-635-4545. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Equal opportunity lender. Do you dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800-280-3517. That's 800-280-3517. Looking for incredible zip lining and climbing adventures in the treetops? Now you don't have to drive hours to experience the fun. Visit Treetop Adventures, Greater Boston's number one zip line and aerial challenge park. Treetop Adventures is Greater Boston's newest outdoor adventure attraction. Located at the Irish Cultural Center in Kenton. Families, corporate team building, birthday parties, sports teams. Come challenge yourself while having a blast with your family and friends. Visit treetopcanton.com to book your treetop adventure today. That's treetopcanton.com. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL and AM 1260 WBIX. And remember, you can find this program and others on my podcast site, johnfpaul.podomatic.com and uh, johnknowscars.com is all that stuff there. Uh, before we go, uh, thecarconsultancy.com is the website and the phone number is... 800-280-3517. And, again, hassle-free car buying. You work with, uh, is there any make a car that you, you can't work? No, somebody, somebody wants to buy a, a unicorn unicorn car somewhere. You can uh, you can try to find one somewhere for them, yeah? Yeah, all makes, all models, new yep. and used. New and used, used too. Yep. So, yeah. How come you guys aren't at Barrett-Jackson? <laughs> How come you aren't at Barrett-Jackson at the big exotic car auction in Connecticut today? So, yeah. <laughs> Wayne Carini didn't invite you. Okay, yeah. Or or Craig Jackson could be. Yeah. So We'd be here. Yeah. Well, well, thank you guys very much for coming in, uh, taking some time out of your Saturday and being here and uh uh it it sounds like a great service and um and I th- Paul Sullivan needs a car. He's right there. I do. You do. You I do. You saw the Jeep just left here. I did. Yeah. I did. The Jeep's getting tired. My secretary calls mm-hmm. it a death trap. <laughs> <laughs> well, see you want hassle-free car buying? I do. You talk to these guys. All right. Yeah. They, they left your Thank brochure. You. I'm looking for a um, Honda CRV with about 20,000 miles on it. There you go. You know I, I, 
I, I yeah. well, not me. Call. Don't look at me. Look at this. I can't hook you up with anything. My lucky day. Yeah, yeah. So I think they can. I think they can. Hey, so what's up with the Irish Hit Parade today, Miss Sullivan? I'm uh, heading south. Yeah, you're, you're, show, you're, so yeah, you're going to play three hours with music and walk out. music for three hours and yeah. then going on vacation hey, for three weeks. There you go. Look at you. Gone. Look at, yeah, just like that. It's that hey, time of year, John yeah, Paul. It is. I know. Summer school. Where are you going? Nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> I feel that way, too. So I'm, yeah. I'm going nowhere. Yeah. So carconsultancy.com is uh, is the website. A lot, lot of nice stories on there, too. It's uh, it's a great website, uh, uh, um, but a lot of stuff on there for people to become informed. Yeah, just correct. It's thecarconsultancy.com. Yep. Oh, I, I, I think I said duckconsultancy. <laughs> oh, I thought you just said car. That's great. I want to thank you for having us. Oh, thank so, you, listeners. We no, really enjoyed it. No, so thank you very much. All right, we got to get out of here because Paul Sullivan's got to play some great Irish music on the Irish Parade. Till next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all then. Bye-bye.